welcome to Better Than Super Mario Brothers, where we take a look at cinema's greatest turds in great detail and then say what we see. A uh, bit of a change this evening. Uh, rather than my long-term partner, Christopher Bolton, I'm joined by, uh, i get this right, filmmaker, photographer, designer, podcaster, singer, and all-around good egg, Jonathan Dunn. Welcome, Jonathan. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hi. Um, and yes, for people listening at home, I do want to punch him. He is that good at everything. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, welcome. Um this show is a bit of a different flavour, so Chris isn't here, um, but also this was um, one of our um, audience suggestions, actually Jonathan's suggestion, so I'll let him introduce the film we're doing. Well, uh, yes, so the film that we're looking at this week, um, when you when you put out the call saying, what's the worst film you've ever seen, um, this was the first one that sprung to mind, uh, and it is... Um, so I've never walked out of a cinema ever once in my life, but the closest I've ever come was seeing this, which was Spider-Man 3. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, that's uh, Spider-Man 3 from 2007, directed by Sam Raimi. It's the last of the uh, Spider-Man trilogy. Um, and we'll come on to sort of what was supposed to happen next um, as we go on later on. But yeah, I mean, I, I've got to be honest, I saw this in the cinema when it came out. Didn't think it was that bad. It was shite compared to the first two, but I was okay with it. I was I could live with it. And then I thought I bought it. Uh, I'll, I'll, no, I, I buy DVDs. So I'm used to it. I buy I buy things digitally now. But bought it on DVD. And when I pulled it out of the box uh, this week, it was still in the wrapper. That kind of tells you a lot. Is <laughs> that good? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's 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 one of those. Um, like I say we'll we'll get into it in some detail now, but um. Let's say some background. We, as I said, we moved house recently, as uh, Chris alluded to last week, um, and so things were in boxes here, there, and everywhere. And I thought, right, I've got a dozen boxes of DVDs. I'll pull out, um, I'll, I'll pull out where I can and find out which one it's in. And I'll have to go scouring through the wall. The very first box I opened had this right at the top, so I thought this must be sort of faded. I must be due to watch this film again. <laughs> and then, as I say, I pull. I, it's got one of these some sort of cardboard sleeves on it. It was a special edition, two disc almighty thing so obviously paid about a quid extra for it and it's never even come out of the cellophane <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i i actually i do own it and i own it uh digitally on on uh, my itunes account uh the only reason being is that it was cheaper to buy the the spider-man trilogy as a trilogy as opposed to buying just one and two uh, <laughs> otherwise sense. i would have just bought one and two yeah um, I mean, I've, I've got to say that i mean i've i've tried to do that in the past i'm a little bit ocd and i can't have an incomplete set so even I if totally it's understand. even if it's shit i have to buy the whole thing and i've well, done the same it with thing box sets and shows with, and- uh- so yeah, the same thing happened to me recently with um, well, it's why I have Batman Forever and Batman and Robin in my collection as well now. So because uh, I really wanted to watch Batman Returns. <laughs> yeah, we, we Chris and I had the same conversation a couple of weeks ago where um, we were talking about that particular franchise um, and maybe doing something from there on on their show at some point, and we both have the same objection. Neither of us want to buy. <laughs> that, the, the full set because we don't want um, we don't want that, want to own them. Um, but exactly. then, I don't want to encourage Joel Schumacher. That's that's the main thing. I think I don't want him to think that anybody approves of anything that he's done. Uh, well, certainly in that in that, uh, yeah, in that, in that realm. yeah. I mean, some of the stuff. He, I'm, I'm trying to think of what else he's done. I'm sure there's something that's half decent. But, uh, the only thing that comes to mind is Phantom of the Opera. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm sure he did something good in the 90s. He must have done. He, he must, must have done. Yeah, to get to get a Batman gig, he must have done something all right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So, should we dive into uh, dive into the film? I guess we have to, don't we? I yeah. mean, I mean, yeah. I'll I'll open up to you as it was uh, as it was your suggestion was the first one you thought of. So, I mean, what? Without going into too much detail, so we'll we'll go through it in a bit more later on. But what what is it that turns you off? I think. So don't get me wrong. I I you know I I know that there are much worse films out there. Uh, but I think for for me, one of the reasons why it kind of stood out as such a bad film was because of how good it, it could have been and also because of how much I was looking forward to it. Um, so I think more than it maybe being the worst film I've seen, I think it's probably the most disappointed I've ever been with a film. Um, so to, to put it into context, I... I, th- I think this was possibly the first time I went to the cinema after starting studying at film school. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not a massive film snob. I was, you know, I, I didn't start going to film school and, you know, saying that, you know, Citizen Kane is the greatest film and all Spielberg films are rubbish because I was a very proud Spielberg fan. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I don't endorse that either, I've got to be honest. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Citizen Kane either. 
but then having said that, you know, being in that environment and meeting uh, a lot of other people with a lot of other influences, I did sort of broaden my cinematic horizon. Yeah, that's right. Um, and this was a film that, you know, it was quite refreshing to, to look forward to going to see a blockbuster. You know, it's all well and good sitting in my room in halls and watching Tarkovsky film after Tarkovsky film and... And that has its place, but also then you think, actually, you know what? It's easy to forget that films are there to be enjoyed and meant to be entertainment. And so I was I was really, really looking forward to it. And, I mean, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the first Spider-Man film. Um, I much preferred the second one. I think, um, you know, I think Sam Raimi had sort of had the, the reins taken off him a little bit uh, after he proved that he could deliver in the first film. And so there was a lot more of his uh, horror roots coming through in the second film. And, you know, that had really geared me up to be really excited for uh, for Spider-Man 3. Um, it had a really, really good cast. Um, and I just thought this is, you know, this is going to be great. And I remember it came out, I think, on the same day that we had some deadline for some paper. And so I was like, OK, great. I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to get this paper written. And then me and a couple of buddies, we're going to go into... Newport probably and uh, and go to the cinema and, and watch this and so I was re- I was looking forward to it anyway and then I was doubly looking forward to it because it was a big reward and it, I I was just let down so much <laughs> so much by it um, that yeah I just yeah I mean I've <sighs> there've been films where I've gone to see that I've gone in with low expectations and been you know unsurprised like the recent Fantastic Four film, I sort of went in thinking this probably isn't going to be great and it was awful. Um, but to go into a film really excited and then to have it kind of really feel like really thrown back in my face, really cheesed me off, really cheesed me off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's a fair assessment. I mean, um, it, it, it's, it's obviously, it's, it's good to get context from, context from you as well. And um, I say, it, it, it's always, you always have that. You always run that risk, especially with the sort of the big blockbuster films that you are looking there's sort of a guilty pleasure sometimes and this was yeah. just about I mean this was a year before Iron Man so you know you're talking you know, co- comic movies were you know, X-Men had done a good job of bringing them back into the fore and they weren't as cheesy and as crappy as they used to be but they still weren't as mainstream as they could have been and Spider-Man was, was probably one of the, the biggest ones and yeah you're right it was just it didn't deliver on what it could have or, or what it should have um, and I think that yeah it was just certainly for me it was one of those that um, I went to see it with my with my wife, and it was all right. It was fine. I mean, I, my wife watched an awful lot of things at the cinema and on DVD and at home through gritted teeth. And <laughs> I mean, especially now with things like Netflix, she sits on the sofa and so plays on her phone while I'm engrossed in things. And last night watching this, I pulled the DVD out and said, "I said you can help me with my research for for doing this show." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, great. What do you want me to do?" I said, "Well, I'm going to put the film on, so you can sit and you can stay with me if you want to, and you know, <laughs> give me your thoughts as they come up." And she lasted about eight minutes, and then she said, "You know what? I'm going to do dishes and go to bed." I mean, to be fair, like doing the washing up does sound like a more appealing prospect than watching most of that film. What happened eight minutes in? I'm, I mean, I'm curious to think what happened to tip her over the edge. Um, I can't remember exactly. Um, and that probably says it all, to be honest. Just nothing. Nothing happened, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> she, she, she snorted a bit of some of the really crappy dialogue um, and it could oh, yeah. done singing right at the beginning. Um, oh, oh, and him mouthing along to the words. Yeah, and you just oh, kind of oh. want to die a little bit. And I think I we got just past that bit and then she kind of went, I think she sort of realised the penny drop that she didn't actually have to sit there and watch it. <laughs> and then she went, yeah. "No, screw this! I'm going to bed." And she just <laughs> she went up. She did the washing up while I was while I was watching it. She potted around for a little bit, and I think by nine o'clock she was in bed watching something on her on her iPad instead because it was oh. no better than the alternative of sitting in the living room on the comfy sofa and all the rest of it. Just because I was watching Spider Man three, and yeah, you're yeah. right. That kind of does say it all. That no, yeah. she, no, she would rather go and do chores and housework than, than sit and down then and watch fall a movie. Unconscious. Uh, <laughs> for yeah. an extended period of time. I mean, to be fair, I did have the same issue at, at about hour 20 mark. I found myself nodding off and I had to pause it, get up, go make myself a cup of coffee and come back to it. And then again, come go back. Once once I'd finished the coffee, go back and get another one because the pot was still hot yeah. and then come back yeah. again. It wasn't something I could go, yeah, you know what? I'm that enthralled in it, that engrossed in it. I have to just, I can't get up. I'm gripped. I'm riveted. I just yeah. kind of went, oh, you know what? 
just got to get up and walk around a bit. Just, uh, yeah, because it's, it's a long film as well. It's, it's not even like a cheesy crap 90s film where you can just whack it on for 80, 90 minutes and go, yeah, that was rubbish, but it was kind of good fun. This, well, that's you, it. It, oh, it really, really goes on. It's, it's hard work. Really I, mean, I, on. I mean, we did it. Um, so we, I, I found the disc, I put it in. Um, I, I went to the kettle on. I went to check on the kids, make sure they were asleep and they weren't going to come down and get in the way because you know, kids are assholes and that's what they do. Um, oh, yeah. But so as I did all that and the DVD menu was on and I thought, I'll go make a cup of coffee and do the not get myself sort of ready. Um, and the DVD menu was just playing. And even the DVD menu on rotation where you have still <laughs> images, you get about, I don't know, two minutes worth of different images before it goes back to the beginning. And that kind of tells you how much is going on in this film. Yeah, just yeah. before you, before it's even started. I mean, it runs at sort of two thirteen, two fifteen, something like that. So I mean, you, you're talking 130 minutes. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a it's, long yeah. time. It is, and uh, it's, it's one of the problems, and not necessarily the runtime, but you kind of when you get to the point where normally a film would kind of wrap up um, then all of a sudden Venom comes along and it's like well okay well we've got to do Venom now it's, it's like in, in The Dark Knight where it's like you think the film could have easily wrapped up but then Harvey Dent becomes Two-Face and then it, that what I mean, and to be fair, that warrants an extra forty-five minutes of film. Uh, yeah, whereas, Venom did not. <laughs> no, it did not. It did not. Um, I mean, I've really, really 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 I mean, I, 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 I sort of was watching it, and obviously, you know, you had the bit really early on with the meteor crash, and you get you know, the, um, you know, the the black goo type, you no, know, the the, the, the symbiote. That's the one. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> thanks for that. Um, so you had that, and so you see that, and then you, you don't see it again for ages. And mm. then you, know, you have the black suit, and you get all the emo crap, and you know, the really oh, annoying yeah. dance scene. And we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, I'll come <laughs> on to that in a bit. I've got a few thoughts on that one as well. Um, but then, yeah, like, you know, you get this whole thing with Eddie Brock, and you're like, oh, okay, fine, yeah. Oh, sh- hang on, yeah, we haven't done that bit yet. Yeah. Oh crap, we're nearly two hours in. We haven't done that yet. And it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, just yeah. get on with it already. And I think that you look at the films, certainly the Marvel films now, and they. they They've worked the pacing out a little bit better. They've worked the the style a little bit better. But this is pretty much non-stop. From the time it starts, you get set piece after set piece after set piece, and there's no time to process anything. There's no time yeah. to actually take in story. You go you go straight from um, the abomination that is Kirsten Dunn singing on stage, <laughs> and then you get um, then you get Sandman. Then you get the fight with Harry, um, where really no really awful extreme close-ups and that bloody twanging effect where he goes into the the web and falls off and no, oh, so it's re- really really cheesy and i hope it's been done intentionally i would like to think that raimi's gone you know what? i can have a bit of fun with this and um but you get all of that and then it's like right okay when do i come up for air yeah 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 i mean i think it's uh, i really see it as a film that sam raimi kind of because he made sort of no bones about the fact that he did not want to do didn't want to have venom in the film but clearly the studio was saying no you need to do this you need to do that and i like to think that Raimi basically went yeah all right then if that's what you want i'm gonna do this really shit film and i'm gonna burn the ship down and go down with it um because that's because it, it it doesn't feel like a sam Raimi film it feels more like a joel schumacher film it, to be it does fair. i mean there, there are elements of it i mean there are some some particular shots um i think where you've got um Spider-Man's up on the side of the clock tower, also the, the church tower, and yeah. in, the, in the black suit, and it's it's raining or wherever it is, and it's really dark and really moody, and then you fade into it being day, the same shot but during the day, but it's still yeah. again really really gloomy, really atmospheric, really dim, and really sort of greyish, and some touches like that they, they do hark back to some of um, certainly the um, uh, the Evil Dead, no the um, not Evil Dead the second one, the, the one that's not a remake, um, but very much is um, yeah um, too. that's yeah ironically <laughs> um, yeah Heart of Darkness is the third one isn't it uh, Army of Darkness Army of Darkness yeah uh, Heart of Darkness is a completely different thing um, it but, is. <laughs> um, but yeah so I mean it, there was some some of the, the aesthetics kind of harked back to that and that, that I liked I was quite happy with that but then other bits where you just think he's, he's put Venom in because it's a toy machine yeah, Ven- Venom yeah, yeah. will sell Absolutely. merchandise, and I mean, I remember the there was a PS3 game or maybe PS2 game um, that came out with the game with the film, and the best part of it was that as, no, as you're swinging through um, through New York as Spider-Man, like much like the new one actually, I mean, you're swinging through you know swinging, swinging through the air in you know, not quite HD or all the rest of it, but if you hit <laughs> R, hit, hit R2 as you're swinging through and you become Black Spider-Man, 
and all of a sudden you've got different attributes. So your spidey senses look different. And when you land and you fight, you have different moves and this and that. That was more entertaining than the film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you kind of... I've seen that sort of thing a lot where um, if it's if it's not in a game or if it's just simply uh, marketing and, like, where, like, the marketing department kind of knows... Because I remember seeing the trailers for the film and it looking great. And it's like the, mar- the marketing department knew the film that everybody wanted to see. Um, and, you know, I've seen that. I've seen that with loads of films. Um... But um, but yeah, but in in reality, I think yeah, like I said, I, I I think that it was partly Sam Raimi going well. If if I'm not going to be allowed to make a film that I want to make, then why should I care? Um, and which is why he's quite happy to kind of take the piss out of it a bit. Um, yeah, I think so. And I mean, like the, the the frustrating thing with that is that he was on board for four, five, and six, and yeah. then they kind of fell apart. So I mean, you think well, if he's if he's thinking that no, he's already. By the time this comes out, he's already in pre-production on four. They're already yeah. they're already looking at scripts. They're already starting at looking at what no, what they're going to do next. And there's various things written online about what number four was going to be and some of the themes they're going to explore. So, I mean, I don't think in that respect he was thinking, "Well, I'll burn it down and then they won't ask me back and I won't have to do this shit again." Yeah, yeah. I, I think he was kind of he was willing to do it. I just think that it, so there were certain bits that he half-assed. Yeah. That may be a bit yeah. unfair, I don't know, but it, it just seems like, like the, um, I say, um, turning Eddie Brock into Venom, they didn't need that character at all. They didn't need that entire um, that entire thing, that entire um, no. mechanism, that entire storyline. No, because I mean, to be fair, I think the, the strongest thing in the film is, is Thomas Hayden Church, who I think is a superb actor. Yes. Um, and he sort of came came off the back of being, you know, Oscar nominated for um, Sideways, and he's great in that. And he's, you know, he brings a real weight to the role um and i really kind of believe in his story and he was really sort of um uh there's a lot of i had a lot of empathy for him he was quite a sort of pathetic sort of sympathetic character um and yeah that was you know that was i mean and then you know that was great that that would have been a really good film um and then it i don't think it even needed you know um harry the as the the new green goblin um coming in um for one and then to then overcomplicate it further with uh, Venom coming in it was just it, it didn't need it um, because because uh, I know that one of the criticisms was that they said oh there's too many characters there's too many villains or too many whatevers but clearly from what you know what you said with the, the Marvel films you look at something like Avengers Infinity War which has got like 80 protagonists <laughs> and, it, and it does that brilliantly it that's you know that's not the problem the problem is it is like you know the reason why they why Marvel can get away with that is because um they've set up these characters they've established these characters you care about all of them and they all have sort of warranted their place in this story as opposed to just kind of going all right yeah I've got another one that's a good good idea or a fun character like you said a toy you could sell and just chuck it in the mix um and you know you don't care you just don't care no that's right i mean i i agree i mean um the sandman character was for me they they almost set him up and it, it was an, it was a beautiful device and i love the way they did it they almost set him up on a hero's journey yeah he was starting you know he was starting from absolute rock bottom he was coming from nothing and he had all this stuff to prove he had all this stuff to do to redeem himself and they, that was that could have been absolutely beautifully. But again, yeah. they kind of pissed on it by saying, well, yeah, we're kind of thrown with Venom. And then any sort of sympathy you had with the character, you know, even when he's robbing armored cars and stuff like that, you still feel that, you know, he's doing what he has to for, you know, for his daughter. But then yeah. at the end where he's, you know, where they are basically trying to assassinate Sp- uh, Spider-Man, you think, well, yeah. yeah, you've gone completely against type there. You've gone completely against the character you're supposed yeah. to be. You've been portrayed There's to no be for the last two hours. Exactly. I mean, even though I, I really dislike um, the Eddie Brock character in it, at least there was a good reason why he was against Spider-Man. Um, there was. But, I mean, I, even even that, that was kind of... You can't really feel too sorry for Eddie Brock. No, the way Eddie Brock oh, said that, he, he's, he's a complete dickhead to begin with. It's totally. He, he, uh, got, yeah. he got his comeuppance. It's not as if... Yeah. He, you know, it's not as if he was working hard and he got, he got screwed over. He tried to cheat his way through and he got found out, which, yeah. as in real life, you try and blag your job, you get sacked. I'm sorry. That's yeah, just exactly. life. That's no, what I happens. Mean, no, you, you can't just sort of, no, you can't blame the world for that. You've got to blame, you've got to blame yourself. No, the, the <laughs> fact that no, your girlfriend's in love with somebody else, be a complete dickhead or not, that's something that happens to people. You, can't, no, you don't blame the world for that. You look at what's caused it, where you've got, how you've got to that point. And Eddie Brock just kind of went, 
oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I did do that. I did lie. I did cheat. I did try and screw somebody over. But it wasn't my fault. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's really... I mean, it's petulant behaviour. And like you said, I mean, even though, you you know, there's nothing that's not dickheadish about him... um, You've got to at least be able to relate to somebody, even a villain, uh, to to for them to actually have any weight as well. You look at again, look at Thanos in Avengers, and the fact that you can see where he's coming from and you can understand his point of view, however warped it is, makes you care about both sides of the fight. Um, whereas, yeah, there's just no, oh, there's just no point. I mean, it, I, I was I was thinking about this uh, obviously sort of the last week because I watched. Um, I uh, I didn't see the uh, recent Venom film in uh, in the cinema, but I watched it on the plane uh, over New Year's, and um, I think that Venom the Venom film is a significantly better film than Spider Man Three, which uh, is I can see why people would have a problem with me saying that. Uh, the reviews for it were fairly mixed, Re- response to it was fairly mixed. It did pretty well at the box office, um, but I think that. Um, because there was a very, very definitive shift in the style of comic book films uh, that happened, obviously, with Marvel. And obviously, that also coincided with... Uh, so, like, obviously, the same year Iron Man came out, uh, The Dark Knight came out as well. And all of a sudden, comic book films were to be taken seriously. And... Um, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought, as I was saying. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> Venom. 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 Yes. Yeah. Um, and... In many ways, Spider-Man 3 was... Spider-Man 3 feels like a 90s film in the way that the first uh, Spider-Man film does. But Spider-Man 3 came out two years after Batman Begins. And it's like that really, that was the start. That was what was sort of ushering in this new era of comic book films. And uh, the thing I liked about Venom is the fact that it seemed to totally own that. I mean... the way I described it was it was it's the best it's it's the best nineties um comic book film. Um because it it's really cheesy. It's basically has no awareness that there are better uh, <laughs> superhero films out there. You know, superhero films that are getting nominated for Oscars. Um, and it just goes, oh, no, no, because, you know, no no superhero films ever been made. So they're meant to be camp and fun and silly. Uh, and that's what it really felt like. And for that, I quite enjoyed it. Plus, obviously, I was really doped up on American painkillers and 30,000 feet in the air. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's I mean, I've not seen the new Venom. Um, I wanted to see actually get around to it um i'll i'll okay I'll, I'll pick it up when it comes out um and i'll, I'll give it a look then and i mean i've, I've always sort of said i won't I, I don't read reviews um until i've seen something myself i won't i won't criticize something until i've seen it heard it read it and then yeah if i want to criticize it i will because i've i've paid my money i've, I've i'm entitled to my opinion same as everybody else Indeed. um but i mean yeah you, know, you see some of the um, some of the reviews of enemies, uh, so some of the scores it gets on things like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff, and Metacritic. You know, it can't be that bad, surely. It can't. You know, in the in the spirit of in the spirit of this show, where we look for the absolute biggest turkeys we can find, yeah, it can't be that bad because they'll have spent a whole lot of money on it. They'll have done a lot of work on it, and spent, you know, especially now, given the comic book genre and how seriously it's taken, you don't expect to be getting you know, sort of the uh, the seventies version of Spider Man. Yeah. Um, no, you expect a decent product, and I think that, you know, with the exception of possibly Fantastic Four, you generally get that now. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I'm not quite sure what happened with Fantastic Four. I think that's. Oh, uh, I've got some. Th- I've got some thoughts about that, but we can save that for another day. Yeah, so that may be that may be, <laughs> may be a different episode entirely. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure what happened there. I mean, you, you get you know, they are as I said, they are taken seriously now. You, you have got films being nominated for Oscars. You have got serious actors coming into these things now. and it's yeah. not, no, and you're not no, you're not talking people who are at the end of their career and looking for a paycheck you've got people who are building careers on these very significant very culturally important films um, and yes I mean Spider-Man 3 is kind of it's it, it's unfortunate that it came at the time it did because if it had come a year later you think it might have had that bit more serious treatment and it might have been just a little bit better and it might have been able to push itself over the line a little bit yeah yeah, I think it, it was it was because that fl- that flow was interrupted by. Um, I mean, it, it's like it's like if if say when uh, Batman Begins came out, 
Dark Knight came out, if between The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, something came came out that totally changed the face of superhero movies then, and Christopher Nolan had made The Dark Knight Rises as he made it, then I think it would have had a similar problem because it was doing what had worked for the you know the other two films um and i think that was a real problem for spider-man 3 was uh, that that really sort of camp silly edge that you know spider-man had and spider-man 2 had a bit less of but still in there um all of, all of a sudden you know really just didn't didn't hold up once batman begins came out um i think that was you know and um yeah, and everybody was kind of ready to take things a bit more seriously, which is obviously then Marvel came along at exactly the right time to, to capitalise on that. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, certainly with um, with the, the previous two Spider-Man films, there was, the um, same as you had with the X-Men films, the um, the original X-Men trilogy, there was a sort of self-aware silliness whereby they, they mm. kind of knew what they were doing and it was there was just this light touch about it where they didn't go too far. They didn't want to insult the fans, but at the same time, they didn't want to make a comic book nerd movie that nobody would go and see. They wanted to make a big blockbuster movie that just happened to be on source material that people didn't, well, weren't as familiar with. Um, and the first two Spider-Man films did that as well. But then by the time you got to the third one, there were a lot of in-jokes. There was a lot of mm. really, really bad cinematography uh, or, or really bad cinematographic choices, I should say. Um, yeah. Things like that. As I mentioned the um, the first fights between um, Harry and uh, and Peter, where, yeah. he, where he plucks him off his moped and stuff. Like where he's dra- where he's dragging Peter along through the air and he's banging him off walls and stuff. You get this insane close up where you don't quite yeah. get Maguire's chin and you don't quite get his hairline. <laughs> yeah, but you get this really and you think. Is that the best you could do? Is that you could really yeah. could you really think of no better way of showing that of showing that yeah. he's in distress than going really close on his face and shaking his head a little bit? Yeah, and it's, it, it kind mean, of sums because, up the film for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that you get that with a lot of films where. Um, because you need to obviously kind of step it up a gear from the previous instalment. That's obviously just what the studio insists you have to do. Often that does mean that you have to kind of. Um, uh, reach further than you can actually grasp, certainly with special effects. And you see that where they go, okay, yeah, well, we've got to go bigger. And then they go bigger and the special effects don't really hold up and they have to compromise by doing things like that. And you see it uh, you see it massively in the, like, the Lord of the Rings films where even though I, I think that they were, you know, I mean, technologically absolutely groundbreaking and leagues better than anything that had been done before, but it didn't do it to the standard that, you know, it needed to be done. I was talking about this the other day with somebody talking about uh, the latest Bond film, Spectre, and the opening uh, scene, and there's a helicopter fight, and it looks dreadful because clearly Daniel Craig isn't hanging out the side of a helicopter. And it's like, well, why why write that as a scenario? Why shoot that if you know that you can't pull it off? Um, because... To be fair, like Mission Impossible Fallout did exactly that, and it looked incredible because Tom Cruise could fly a helicopter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, and it's and it's like that with um, you know uh, uh, that's it, there's a specific specific type of effect that you get that's been sort of happening in the last sort of 10, 15 years, which is exactly what you, you, you pinpointed, which is you get a real close up of somebody in the middle of a CGI fest, and they obviously they do everything they can to try and make it blend in um and one of the problems that um spider-man certainly has is the fact that for most of the time his face is covered up which means that you don't really care you don't you don't get that sense of emotion from him um and when they had a bit of a cgi breakthrough between the first and second film for some reason spider-man thought he didn't have to wear his his face mask at all in the second film because Conveniently, Sony Pictures discovered how to actually do the animation properly, um, and uh, and likewise with Spider-Man Three, it's you know with that scene, it was just oh, it's just an entire mess, entire entire mess. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, actually, it's funny you, talked, you mentioned that about Spectre. Um, there's the opening of Quantum of Solace. I think it's the opening of Quantum of Solace where the where he's he's racing with a car, um, or he's chasing a car, um, and you get the same thing where they, for whatever reason, they decide to mount a camera. Mm. On the on the rear wheel arch, but at such a low angle, you get you get more dust than anything else, and you can't actually yeah. see what the hell's going on. And again, you think 
is that a choice you've made or have you just gone oh fuck we don't know where to put the camera <laughs> yeah. we haven't invested in a rig that's going to withstand all this really shitty driving so let's just strap it on there as best we can and hope it doesn't fall off and yeah. it's that sort of thing and as you said you know you have issues with budgets you have issues where with trying to improve effects and things like that but you've got to know your limitations and I think that yeah. that's something that a lot of the times they, they kind of go ah well yeah somebody will know how to do it we'll we'll write it in we'll we'll factor it in and then we'll we'll hire a specialist to do post. it <laughs> yeah. well yeah that's it and it just doesn't work and yeah. if if you are trying to fix it in post or you do think well we'll get somebody in and they'll kind of they'll half arse it or they'll they'll do it on the cheap then it doesn't work you don't get the effect you're looking for what yeah. you get instead is th- a, a, a shot that really jar and really pull you out of uh, pull you out of what you're trying to watch yeah. and i mean we've had this conversation um, chris and i've had this on previous shows before and we've had this conversation away from shows where we've had this conversation with friends and uh, wives and all the rest of it and we said oh, what about that shot where they did this why the hell did they do that and you got people go did they I didn't notice that. I didn't see it. And I don't yeah. know whether that's because we're looking at it critically as, as filmmakers um, or just because we're far too picky. I don't know. Um, but you just have, you get these things. And when it pulls you that far out of the, th- the, the film, it's very difficult to then get back into it. And you start yeah. picking up all the other faults and all the other issues they're having. And Absolutely. before you know it, you've got an entire podcast devoted to how shit films are. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. I think, yeah, because I mean... Um, you often get that clash between, uh, and it's, it's something I, I really I, I I hate when I can see it happening in a film is when there's been a clash between, uh, you know, there's been a, a creative clash with uh, the producers or the studio, and uh, you know that, say for example with that with that scene that that first fight between um, Harry and Peter, you know if Sam Raimi may well have gone actually you know what this doesn't look very good I think that. Uh, we should lose that scene um, or we should reshoot it s- slightly simpler or whatever um, you know that the studio would have gone absolutely not that was 50 million dollars worth of budget that we're seeing that on the screen yeah, and that, that's, and that that's the end that, of it yeah that, that, um, those are our stars and those are our effects why would we yeah, want to cut it and exactly. in, interestingly in 2017 um, when they, re-re- they re-released the trilogy on 4K Blu-ray um, and there was a, an edit uh, it wasn't a director's cut it was an editor's cut yes it's two minutes shorter isn't it it's two minutes shorter they've done away with three scenes and added three new ones um, oh. and then added there are three alternate endings so ah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I haven't seen this I haven't I'm, seen this I've, no, I've just I've just read it I'm half tempted to pick it up just for that just to see if it makes it any better yeah me too actually me too but um, yeah it's quite yeah. interesting and it's, it's one of those that you know you do see a lot and obviously most DVDs now and so for, you know, when you buy special editions stuff um you download it digitally there's, there's always a gag reel there's always a deleted scenes bit and you look at yeah. some and you go how does that fit or I can see why they cut that out and then you look yeah. at some and go well, that was in the film, but there's just an extra three seconds of shot in there. Why have they done that? And it's, yeah. sort of try, again, trying to get to those shots and sort of trying to get those decisions, trying to work out why they've done it. And sometimes you just can't fathom it. Yeah, I mean, often it's a case of, I mean, I've had it before when I've been editing films and you can't, it's just a feeling in your gut when a, when even just a shot goes on for even just maybe like half a second too long, just a few frames. You go, actually, no, that needs to cut. That needs to cut. Or, you know, you feel the, the flow kind of, um, uh, uh, the you feel the pace kind of lacking at some points and for whatever reason. Um, it always makes me laugh when people say, yeah, watch the deleted scenes. They're really disappointing. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no yeah. shit. Yeah, that's, that's uh, why they didn't make it into the main cut. Exactly. Very, very rarely have has making a film longer made it better um, with extra scenes. And I can think of two examples where I think that is the case. Can you guess what they are? No, it'll be a while. <laughs> <laughs> so the first, I think, is the absolute definitive uh, what, uh, example of this, which is the uh, director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven, um, which is 55 minutes longer. Uh, right, okay. and it, I don't it, think I've seen the director's cut of that, actually. It basically takes the film from being a fairly mediocre historical action film into being a proper cinematic, epic, um, historical, romantic drama. Okay. And I mean, that, to be honest, that's probably why I didn't see the director's cut, was because it was a mediocre historical film, which I didn't really like first time exactly. around. Exactly. Yep, absolutely. And it is, like, it, it was... It, entirely forgettable for uh, in the when I saw it in the cinema and then when I watched it the director's cut it is probably in my top 10 favorite films of all time okay. uh, and I think it it's well up there um, with the 
Ridley Scott's best work. And the other film I think actually benefits from being longer is the um, Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice, um, which uh, does help the pacing because um, they really, they you know, they really took a butcher's knife to that to get cut the runtime down and it ping ping pongs around horrendously and um the you know the theatrical release of that really does feel like somebody's just intercut a batman film and a superman film with <laughs> with no discernible link yeah, between them really th- that's um, fair i mean i mean, I mean that, that's one that keeps on getting recommended by people i mean i i, I doubt we'll ever do an episode on that because chris and i both liked it but me too, it's, me it's, too. i mean it's, it's one of those it's one of those it's going to polarize people because people a lot of people didn't want it um a lot of people in compared it to Avengers and went, you know what, mm. we don't need it. Um, and so, yeah, we it's, it's one of those films. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. The, the extended version, it just makes it that, it just makes it feel complete. Yeah. And I think there was a, a, a very bold decision to, to not re- uh, not release that version to uh, to re- release a reduced version, um, and but I think generally the, the consensus is that the the theatrical version is horseshit compared to what you got for the, the extended yeah. edition. Yeah, because I know there's talk of the um, of Zack Snyder the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, which is like three hours long or something. I'd be interested to see that at some point. But yeah, back to the Spider Man three. I def- I definitely would be interested to see what the editor's cut uh, is like. Um, yeah, because sometimes it is just a case of like, oh, actually, you know what? You just switch those two scenes around, those two shots around, and it can totally change a scene entirely. However, I, I, I don't think that it can address two of the biggest issues with the film, which I haven't mentioned yet, which is how absolutely appalling James Franco and Tobey Maguire are in it. <laughs> I think there's no there's no amount of editing you can do around that. Now, like, James, James I, I hated James Franco for a long time purely because I'd only seen him in Spider-Man and thought he was terrible. And then it was when I saw him in Pineapple Express that I thought, oh, okay, actually, this guy's this guy's pretty good. Yeah, and, he knows what he's doing. And I think the, the problem with these is that you've got, you go into it, and I think this is something that Raimi is particularly good at. He gets actors who are, know what they're doing, but he gets them to chew the scenery. Yeah. And, I mean, that's exactly, I mean, Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe does it in every film anyway, but he yeah. certainly did it in the first one. But he's such a joy to watch anyway, and there's nobody else, not since, like, Klaus Kinski died, there's nobody else that is kind of like him. Um, it's it's, it's how, how quickly he explodes and how quickly he goes from being very calm and very measured to being absolutely fucking psychotic. Yeah. And it's beautiful to watch because I'd, I'd like to think in real life he's just a very normal person. So to, to have that sort of ability to just turn on a sixpence like that, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, to get it from somebody like him, I think, works. To get it from somebody like James, James Franco, who's the, the, the best part of his work is where he's trying to be understated and try to be himself he's not trying to be a particularly aggressive character he's not trying to be particularly harsh he's not really particularly terse it's when he, he's when it's when he's doing the these sort of the fairly um likable characters if you know if, yeah. if, if you will that's what he's good at and i mean there are actors in films who get absolutely crucified keanu reeves gets crucified in a lot of things channing tatum gets crucified in a lot of things when they do the the non-serious roles like if um when you look at um the things of bill and ted you look at um the, the new 21 jump street movie when yeah. you're doing these comedy characters who just don't give a fuck yeah they're absolutely brilliant and they nail the characters uh, and it's when they try and do these big serious roles i mean keanu Reeves has have grown into it as he's gotten older yeah uh, i think the channel team will probably do the same but when you have these young actors who are trying who are trying to be young and trying to be fun and trying to be themselves it works when they're trying to be old and serious and very Raven, yeah. it just doesn't work, and you, you end up not liking the characters, not empathizing with the characters. I mean, to the yeah. point where, in um, when you have the second fight between um, Peter and Harry, where Peter's gone all emo and decides to uh, no, oh. have, a, have a fringe, um, yeah. I mean, when you have that, it's a sad day, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the worst part is that the, the haircut that uh, Tobey Maguire has for most of this film, when he's not doing the faggy emo bit. It's kind of my haircut anyway. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, I hadn't noticed until yesterday, so now I'm going to shave my head tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they have this altercation, and um, the bit right at the, right at the end of it where Harry throws the grenade and Peter sort of flings it back at him, and you get this super slow mo- uh, shot of the grenade floating past his face. Yeah. And you just think, yeah, you have no idea what to do with your head. There. You have no idea what's going on. The look on your face, it's just like... Am I still in this film? Do I, am I still supposed to be acting? What's going on? This thing's sliding past my face, except it's not really there. So I'm going really slowly. Ah, 
and you think, right, somebody should have really been directing him there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Toby Maguire, I think, has possibly the most punchable face in Hollywood. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I've never liked him in a film. Um, he's and, a poor man's Elijah Wood. That's what he is. Yeah, he's just. I. I. There's something about. I just. Oh, I just. I, I tell mean, you what he reminds me of is um, in Futurama the the sort of slimy alien that Amy ends up with. Uh, is it Kiff? Kiff. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of him. It's just very. Ooh. Yeah, very wet yeah. and that's it, very punchable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it means that you just don't you don't care about him. I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, he's. In my opinion, the worst, the worst Spider-Man that we've seen on on screen by some massive margin. Oh, absolutely! Um, And I mean, it said a lot that actually in Spider-Man Two, given the fact that you see a lot more of his face because of, like I said, the technological breakthrough from CGI allowing that, uh, that that was probably the most I liked him. Um, and made me kind of actually look look forward a bit more to Spider Man Three, um, but that backfired much in the same way that um, so I, I I never liked Kevin Spacey. I always really really didn't like him. Um, he always seemed really smug, um, and and I know a lot of the characters he played were kind of that sort of thing anyway, but there was something about him, the way he played it, that was like, yeah, no, I know I'm brilliant, whatever. Um, And then when I saw Baby Driver, I was like, actually, this is the first time I've seen him in something that I really liked. Um, And I was really looking forward to getting it um, when it came out. And then, uh, then of course, it all... uh, were <laughs> very very pear shaped for him, so yeah, I mean that serves me right for actually, you know, re- reconsidering my opinion on somebody. I, I won't yeah, do it again. You're not allowed to um, change your mind. Changing your no, mind is not exactly. allowed. Um, exactly. I mean, I've got to be honest. So Kevin Spacey is one of these people for me that he's the best thing about Superman Returns. That says everything you need to know. I can barely, you know, you know what? The best thing about Superman Returns is the the credits, um, with the where all the credits are flying through space to the Superman theme. That was exhilarating to watch in the cinema, and I cannot remember anything else about that film. <laughs> I yeah, cannot remember I, anything else. Is yeah, James I mean, Marsden in it? Yes, playing um, playing every other James Marsden character. Yeah, um, and what's her name? Oh, I can see a sort of see her face. I can't even think who it is. It's I, not um, Jessica Beale. It's the other one. Um, yeah, I can't remember. It's gonna, it's gonna bug me now. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's. I mean, yeah, it's. It is quite disappointing when you get films like that. And again, that was another one I thought had a lot of potential. And it Kate Bosworth. That's the one. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Identical for so many other actresses who could have done the same job. Um, yeah. Which uh, that's possibly a bit harsh, actually. I mean, no, it's 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 not something I can do. I'm, I'm no actor, um, as anyone who's seen any of our films will tell you. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's 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 one of those things where you get paid a shed load of money. It's such a high profile role, and you play it like you're in a squash advert which is yeah. going to be on TV for four seconds, not yeah. this Hollywood blockbuster that's you know, supposed to be launching careers and re- relaunching yeah. franchise and all this sort of shit. It's like she could not, no, she didn't want to be there. Yeah. Um, and you kind of get that with, with Spider-Man 3, actually, where you, you kind of get the impression that certain things were phoned in. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge Kirsten Dunst fan anyway, um, but everything with her, I just wanted to throw things at the TV. Yeah, absolutely. She's nothing likeable about her character at all. I mean, her and Peter are both just incredibly pathetic characters. Yeah, um, and I mean, the, this, the whole thing, like, she, no, she, yeah, okay, we all have ups and downs in our careers and stuff like that, and hers is a very, oh, it's a high-profile career, so again, I get that, but as MJ, you just wanted to scream, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. No. <laughs> you clearly have no talent, you clearly can't do the job you want to do, so find something else. Yeah. Um, but then, like, the, there's a scene where um, Harry is still suffering with amnesia and so she goes around to his house and they're cooking in the kitchen and there's another pissy little dance number oh god yeah and, uh, yeah and, I'd forgotten about that and it's just so cheesy and you think yeah. this serves no purpose there's no need for this to be in the film and when you look at the runtime being in excess of two hours you think there's sequences like that you could entirely cut out yeah. Um, I mean, the other dance scene, which we haven't touched on yet, and that's going to get some mileage, <laughs> I think. But I mean, that, again, there was no purpose to that, apart from yeah. showing that no, Peter was a complete dick monkey. You know, yeah. it's like there's, there's nothing important about that scene whatsoever. 
Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing when you see because I mean, I've seen there's well, you look at uh, Infinity War for one, and there's loads of films that are two and a half hours, three hours, yeah. that are absolutely damn entertaining for the entire runtime and you think there is not a single like watching Infinity War I was like there's nothing I would cut from that film at all absolutely not I mean mean, Infinity Um, War had its problems I mean Infinity War was kind of like a greatest hits album you kind of got a little bit of everything that you loved but not quite enough to really make it matter Uh, apart from the fact it drives part a huge part of the narrative and it's it's part of an (laughs) it's it's part of a 70 hour film or whatever the fuck it is Um, and I I was fine with that I absolutely loved that and I I went to the I, I went to cinema to see it and I sat there in the third row and just you know, had a complete orgasm for two hours because yeah. it's everything I wanted it to be and I was the same with um, with Batman Superman it's what I wanted it to be yeah. um, this film on the other hand could have quite easily been 20 minutes shorter and it probably easily. would have been better yeah Definitely, um, oh, definitely, yeah. And I mean, no, yeah. when we talked about Venom earlier on and the whole, the whole no, not needing to have that storyline, I mean, again, they could have made an entire movie out of Spider-Man and Venom. They could have done that on its own, yeah. given it the, the respect and the gravitas it deserved, and it would have been better, and this would have been a better film as well. Yeah. Because they could concentrate on Sandman. If you want the stuff with Harry, yeah, fine, or you can keep, you know, I mean, the, the whole goblin no, the whole goblin arc, they should have ended it with... Uh, with uh, Defoe in the first one, anyway. Definitely, um, they didn't yeah. need to bring him back. I thought that was no, that was just that was kind of pandering, and it was like, oh shit, we 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 really should do something with this, or there's potential to do something with this. So what are we going to do? Rather than thinking, rather than having a plan and going, we'll do this because in the first film we'll do this, the second film we'll do this, the third one. It didn't seem like no. You look at the Marvel films now. There's a massive continuity which spans a decade, um, and they've planned out every single <laughs> yeah. scene everything is mapped out so meticulously they know exactly what's going on whereas this one they, you get the impression they've gone oh shit yeah we did that in the first film then we kind of need to finish that we need to do something about that because we kind of left it open and it's just like they didn't really plan ahead yeah yeah I mean I think yeah I'm, it's just oh, it's just a really it's just a rubbish film there's nothing there's it's I mean exactly as we sort of described Toby Maguire that's kind of how I sum up the film as well it's just a real wet blanket of a film it's just yeah it is and I mean the, oh, the thing, it's I mean, just it's, so annoying yeah I mean it's not the worst film ever made and no, nobody's gone no, nobody's gone out to make a bad film but there's, no. they could have done so much more with it if they just thought about it like I said I mean that was the thing that got to me more was I was just so disappointed with the film more than it being a bad film um although having said that let's talk about the the scene uh, yeah I mean th- this to be fair whenever you mention this uh, this scene to a casual cinema goer yeah this is the scene that jumps out the dance I mean what the bloody hell was that all about I mean I, I, I don't even I don't even know I do not there's there are some things when you see them see it in a film where you just think how did this get through so many people to get to us it's like surely at some point anyone anyone could have said actually you know what I think we could do this better or simply this is the worst thing ever. I mean, um, even, even if we're not wanting to upset anybody, not want to hurt anybody's feelings, this doesn't add anything to the story. Let's just leave it out. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, we probably don't need him on a chair with an emo fringe, with guy liner, throwing, shooting fingers at... It's just, it's, I mean, and if you're going to, I mean, no, what... I mean, to be, oh, you know what? Like, I didn't think Toby Maguire could be more annoying uh, <laughs> until that. Because yeah. I was thinking, I've thought about it before. I thought if they'd have put that in, like, uh, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, I think Andrew Garfield would have, I mean, definitely would have pulled it off better than Toby Maguire and possibly could have, because he's actually got a bit of edge to him. Yeah. Like, Toby Maguire just physically has no edges to him. He's so fucking soft. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he, he's very much... I mean, if you were making a kid's film about, you know, about, you know, about the dangers of, of drugs and all the rest of it, he'd be the poster child for Just Say No. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's, exactly. he's very clean-cut. He's very he's very, very calm. He's very, you know, he's got a, a nice demeanour. He's got a nice face. and you know, He's non-threatening and all the rest of it. You wouldn't know. This isn't a this isn't something you want him to do and you just think no. he doesn't actually know how to do that no. I mean the, the thing that sums up for me this scene actually sums up the entire Gwen Stacy story it mm. doesn't need to be there it doesn't add anything to the film 
No, no, I, I think, uh, and I think that was proven when you see it in, uh, you know, the obviously the, the story arc in the Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man Two. They went, okay, yeah, we we can't really do MJ and Gwen Stacy, so let's just do Gwen Stacy. Let's yeah, just focus I, on that. A far more interesting story. Yeah, yeah, it really, really was. It really was. I mean, I know that Amazing Spider-Man Two has its uh, has its problems, but um, the, the the journey of that of their relationship and the way that ends was absolutely devastating. And but it, you, but I, it was I, really beautifully done as well. Yeah, it was brilliant, and it was one of the few times I, I could really hear a pin drop in the cinema when uh, when that happened. And I really wanted to see what what happened. Um, in the third film in that series to see actually how the hell he would cope because he struggled to cope um, in the second one after the death of her dad and let alone how on earth he was going to cope then following that. I, I really wanted to see that. Um, I think it's a shame. Yeah, I, I was also quite unsure, I was also a bit sure how that actually happened. Why they got to that point where they went, you know what, we're not going to do that film. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it was down to, it was, I mean, I'm sure the talks with Marvel, uh, between Marvel and Sony have been happening probably, you know, from, well, before Iron Man, um, to try and make that happen. I think as soon as they had the opportunity to do that, they, they jumped at it. And I think they were sensible to do that from a financial point of view. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and certainly to sort of secure the, the longevity of the franchise and... And all of that, but I think, yeah, I think it is a. I think those, I think the the Andrew Garfield ones are really underrated. Um, I think he's excellent. Yeah, I, I think I've got to be honest. I mean, I I owned the, the, the Sam Raimi three on DVD, and then I I picked up um, Amazing Spider Man again. It was, I think it was a bundle on iTunes, mm. and I just went, you know what? I think it, I, can, I can go and buy them on DVD for like fifteen quid. The two of them, or I can buy the bundle for like eighteen quid. Then I'm going to find anywhere to put them. I can they just live on the computer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean that, that's the thing. You know, these, you know, this dozen boxes of DVDs I've got, I've got to live somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, it's it, it, it's that sort of thing, and you get to that point. It's, it's easy, it's convenient. I don't have to take. You know, if I want to, if I want to watch it when I'm you know, when I'm traveling to work, or if, if I'm away or anything, I can just take my iPad with me and it's there. I haven't got to yeah. worry about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, t- I mean, you're, you're, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. I um. So I used to have about six, seven hundred DVDs. Um, I've got about forty now, um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not something I'm terribly proud of. But I'm a little proud of was the 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 moment I was very aware of it. The moment came when I stopped buying DVDs and started just by building my iTunes library was <laughs> when I was so lazy that I couldn't be bothered to go upstairs to get a DVD I wanted to watch. <laughs> so I just bought it on my Apple TV and awesome. <laughs> I watched it. And uh, yeah, and uh, it's, um, and that's the way I've continued to live my life. Yeah, uh, I've, I've got to be, I've done a similar thing. It's not quite that extreme, but um, <laughs> I say we, we, we lived abroad for a couple of years. We went to Australia for a couple of years and all the, all the DVDs and stuff like that, they were in storage in my parents' attic. And my parents live about 20 minutes away. And yeah. there was one day I was like, I was I was driving past where they lived anyway because I was I was on a job down at Swansea I was driving back to Cardiff, and I was like, I could call in and go look for these DVDs. Fuck it, I can't be bothered. I'll just buy them <laughs> on iTunes. And yeah. it was only it was it was a series I think for uh, it was like the I got the entire the, the entire collection for like twelve quid. Yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah. Um, so now I have it on DVD and on iTunes. And yeah. It's just one of those that the DVDs live in the boxes forever. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. just kind of, um, I said, it's quite, it's quite funny that the number of people who are doing things, who start doing things like that, it's amazing <laughs> just because yeah. we are so fundamentally lazy now. I know, I know. I mean, I was kind of vindicated a little bit when Apple announced that any film that you owned in HD, they would automatically upscale to 4K, um, which, because I was, that was my only hesitation about it was, oh, as soon as these are released in 4K, I'm going to have to buy them again on iTunes. And the fact that they didn't do they didn't make that an issue um is uh is 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 why i love apple sometimes um yeah i mean they, they do things with that every now and again you think you know what it would be very easy to cash in yeah and just make you buy it again and i mean even if they just said you've got to pay 199 to upgrade the film from hd to 4k i would probably have just gone yeah all right 800 quid there you go upgrade all of mine um, yeah just, just take it and go yeah and i mean look we've, we've talked chris and i've talked about this on, on other shows where we've done it and um certainly on this show but on um smpd as well we go i have this on vhs and then I bought it on DVD. Mm. Then I bought it on Blu-ray. Yeah. Now I've got on. No, now I've got it on da- on download. So I bought this thing at full price four times. Yeah. And I don't dipped. regret it for a second. I don't regret any yeah. of it because now I say I can just pick it up. And if, if I'm bored and I'm in work, and I can stick it, stick my headphones in, and not chuck that on while I'm doing something else, and I can watch it on my phone. And it's like, well, 
yeah, I kind of like that having that ease and convenience. Absolutely. If I'm gonna be honest, and I don't regret it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts, and I'll, I'll pass the, the close over to you. But I mean, for me, I mean, we've come from the last episode of, of this show where we looked at the abomination that was Battlefield Earth. I mean, this is a <laughs> massive step up. I mean, this is a masterpiece is, compared to that. I mean, th- this this is Gandhi, Citizen Kane, and and. <laughs> every other film ever made rolled into one compared to Battlefield Earth. Um, but I mean, this, it's, it scores pretty well. No, it's, it's middle of the road scoring when you look on stuff like Metacritic and, um, and Rotten Tomatoes. So it scores about 60, 65%. People don't hate it. There are bits of it that people hate. There's, there's a lot of criticism levied at some of the things we've talked about. Um, but generally people will accept that it's, it's not the best film in the franchise, but it works and it kind of closes everything out. And it's got a nice end to it. But, it's not no. It's never going to win any any awards. It's never going to win any prizes. For me, I mean, obviously, the, the biggest question for us is: is it better than Mario Brothers? And I think for me, it is. Um, it's no. It's entertaining. It's part of a, a, a universe I've invested in for you know, the six years prior to this film coming out, with or five years with the, the other two films. And it just kind of it does what it says on the tin. It's a, it's a, it's a big movie, and it, there's a lot wrong with it, and the, so the, the pacing and the, the fact there's too much going on. But it's a Spider Man movie, and that's that's what I wanted. So I mean. For me, yeah, it's it's better. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've, I'm always of the belief that I would rather do something a hundred percent wrong than fifty percent right. Um, and I think you should either go whole hog, either way. And you know, uh, however, obviously, as a as a realist, I totally understand that when you have that much money and that many people and that you know sort of high profile um going on around it that that is not necessarily something you can do and if you try and please too many people you end up with just a beige pudding in the middle of the room and i think that that is ultimately what this film is it's i i just i don't care about the film at all i'm entirely indifferent to it um and i I think when I, you know, when you asked what the worst film was that I'd seen, that was probably the most I'd thought about this film in quite some time. Uh, and that is never something that I want to be said about one of my films. You know, I want people, to, I, I don't, I, you know, a three star review is not something that's massively useful to me. You know, either tell me absolutely everything that was right or tell me absolutely everything that was wrong. Um, and I think that. Yeah, I said the reason why I think this film is so bad is mainly because it is so disappointing. I think it smacks of lost potential uh, and and just a lot of bad choices. And I think there's a reason why um, there's a reason why books aren't written by a committee. And this is a film that really does uh, look like too many cooks uh, spoiling this delicious broth <laughs> yeah I, I, I think that's fair I think that's a good analogy I mean you, you kind of you kind of get it's, it's the American TV model where you have a team of writers and you go right you write that bit you write that bit you write that bit here's the kind of underlying theme to it also kind of try and blend that yeah. in a little bit and then we'll see where we go yeah. from there and it doesn't oh, quite work also add in venom get, please oh, oh alright well, another 45 minutes then <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and it's, you kind of think, well, we, it's, it doesn't really work because you need that consistency. You need somebody with, with the oversight of going, actually, no, that doesn't work, or that's detracting from that yeah. bit. That's really sort of steering the viewers away, and that's not what you want, and that's not what you got here. And I think that, I mean, it's, it's one of the issues I have with Lord of the Rings, and I'll take nothing away from Lord of the Rings. It was a fantastic achievement, but what um, Jackson needed was a producer who tell him no every yeah. now and again, and actually st- you know, try and try and condense him a little bit, make, you know, make him tell that, them. I think a that Jackson film. should have finished all three films before releasing the first one and I think it would have been a lot better um, because I think the, feed, the feedback he got from each of them influenced then how he was putting together the subsequent one um, but like you said I think and I, that's why I think Marvel's secret weapon is well not secret weapon is, is Kevin Feige he's got this vision in his head he knows what he's doing with all of them he sees how it all fits together um, and there's one you know because that's that's what, and that's what I think it needed I think Sam Raimi uh when you see Sam Raimi working like that, he's a great he's a great director. He's a he's a great creative, great filmmaker, and I think we saw a lot of that with Spider Man too. And for whatever reason, too many other things came into the mix. Um, the industry changed, you know, um, massively in 
uh, with Batman Begins coming out. And I'm sure they were very aware of what was going to be happening with Marvel. And they tried to, you know, throw too much stuff at it. And yeah, like I said, beige pudding in the middle of the room. However, I do still think it's better than Super Mario Brothers. (laughs) There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, don't quit. That, that, that's, that's the all-important question, it isn't is. it? Um, yeah, so I, I think you're right. Um, so if, uh, Which, to be fair to it, does do everything wrong. Like I said, it's, it's why I, I would rather have made Super Mario Brothers than made Spider-Man 3. I'd rather have engendered a strong, strong opinions <laughs> than no opinions. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's fair. And I mean, also we, we talked at quite some length about um, Super Mario Brothers in our air opening episode. But um, yeah, I mean, if you want to discuss that with us, if you want to drop us a line, you can get us on, uh, on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network. Um, on Twitter, we're at ddpodcastnet. Um, you can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, um, drop us a line on there. Um, you can also find um, Jonathan's uh, show, uh, Three Cents, uh, at www jonathandunn.net slash our hyphen three hyphen cents rolls off the tongue I know but I'll put a link on the, uh, on the introduction um, but yeah drop us a line let us know what you think obviously keep uh, keep sending us in your suggestions of the worst films uh, that you've seen so we can uh, we can get on to those as well until next time see, see you later, later.